What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms, and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Transfer Committee podcast. We're back with the winter edition. Um, no, we do we do a bit earlier? No, it's a bit earlier actually this year because, you know, the World Cup's on. So we thought, why not get in? And uh, just in case Liverpool sign somebody, big if, but... If they do, we thought we'd get in there early and uh, do this annual, well, biannual uh, podcast. I'm joined by, obviously, the main team, the main management team of our transfer committee. I have head of scouting, Mr. David Hendrick. Dave, how you doing? I'm good, Gags. I'm good. How are you? I'm tired, but I'm good. I'm tired, but I'm good. I'm, it's actually good to be speaking to you three, so um, I'm going to enjoy this. I think it's a good out for an evening. Um, we're also joined by Head of Finance, Mr. Mo Chatra. Mo, how are you doing? Yeah, sound as a pound, if you pardon the pun. <laughs> Mo money, man, Mo money, Mo Chatra. And uh, Head of Analytics, soon to be departing. No, no, no I'm joking. Um, <laughs> Head of Analytics, Dan Kellett. Darth, how are you doing, bud? I'm, I'm all right, mate. I, I'm, I'm, I'm D-Mob happy because I'm off. Uh, yeah, I've got my new, my, yeah, I've got my new position lined up, you know, so oh, wow. uh, I'm on wind down mode now. So, you know, no we one listens to... to me anymore. So I can just um, say what I want now. We need to figure out who the Pep and Linders of Anfield Index will be and throw, <laughs> throw them head to head with that and see what happens. <laughs> well, so I, I, I motion that we... Their chances, to be fair. <laughs> oh, we, we, we just let, we, we, we just, we just let Gags pick whatever he wants and then we'll just have the next hour just chatting. Wham! No, yeah. Look, yeah, I want I want Mbappe, right? End of <laughs> Let's go home, folks. <laughs> so, are we getting are we getting into arguments now? If we want, no. Well, okay. So, um, yeah, no. Uh, we will run this the way that we think um, it should be run, and um, the way that pretty much the club was run and you know, introduce the success, we think. Um, it's a shame there was not enough money because this could, could have been even better. But, right, let's get back on track and um, let's talk about 
um, budgets first and foremost, I think. Um, Mo, before we get going into players, I think we should talk about budgets and then I'll I'll talk about which players I want and we can go into Dave. Cool. So, um, well, as we all know, the club um, didn't end up spending as much as it could have in uh, the last transfer window. And, um, you know, some people will point the finger at the manager and some people at the owners. Um, whatever the case, ultimately, our spend relative to um, the money that came in from sales of players, um, there, there wasn't much of a difference. And yet our revenue for last season um, was in the region of about 580 to 600 million pounds. So we've made more money than we ever have. Our um, spend um, on previous sales uh, would have been um, tapering off quite a fair bit over the last 12 to 18 months. No, massively, uh, massively, massively. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, th- therefore, um, there were sizable funds available in the summer, and obviously that money went unspent largely. So, you know, we have that money to spend, and obviously we are now into a new season where we're generating more money. And so on top of that, our position in the table is not what it normally is and what it would, we'd like it to be. We certainly don't want to risk the possibility of missing out on top four and the money that that generates. So therefore, you know, we are going all balls to the walls and we are putting a figure of 150 million uh, available before player sales. So that's 150 million transfer budget before player sales uh, for this window. Yes. And we'll probably add some context to that is because we're factoring in this season's money too. Um, it may not, obviously, well, we're trying to spend it because we want to qualify for Champions League and therefore uh, cement another season of big money. Therefore, you know, kind of that risk. But that risk has to be taken right now. Has to be taken. Otherwise, there's no other window next year. If it's um, out of the top four, it means, you know, I mean, I mean, it's not even. We we shouldn't. I don't even want to think about the money coming in then, because then you're really in the doldrums. So, can I just ask Mo? What what's the estimated difference between a Champions League campaign and a Europa League campaign? Is it what about fifty million or maybe more? What is it? Well, the, the gas has been growing. Um, but say for for example, Liverpool got to the say semi-finals of the Champions League versus semi-finals of the Europa. Um, it it would be fifty to sixty million pounds. Wow! And that's not to even mention uh, the potential um, effects of that on things like commercial revenue, for example. Because yeah, if we sponsors. fail to make top four, um, yeah, potentially there might be one or two sponsorship deals which may be linked to making top four, and even things like shirt sales. Um, you know, the the deal we have with Nike. Um, you know, the likelihood is if we don't make top four, we end up in Europa. Shirt sales are likely to go down. So there are associated consequences of not making top, make top four beyond just the prize money. So that where we are right now, the best way to put it is the Premier League money and all other income is basically paying for the squad and everything, all, all expenses, right? And the Champions League is the profit. Current, on current deals that we have, that's the way it's working. Approximately, approximately. So that's how important the Champions League is. 
right? No doubt, if they drop out of Champions League, I'm sure these players have it in their contracts that they don't get paid as much as a lot of bonuses, whatever. All that thing, all those things drop. But so they may be, may be relative in the end. But but There's also that's the fact like, that you're also then playing in the Europa League, which is a dreadful competition. Yeah, it takes place on Thursday nights and makes it much harder to be competitive in the league once you get past the group stage of the Europa League. So, like, what what team has gone the distance in the Europa League while concurrently challenging for the Premier League title? It doesn't happen. It becomes too difficult to come the end of the season. Early in the season, you get dumped into a group of garbage teams that you don't care about. You can put out your reserves and beat them. But once you start to get in, once the Champions League teams parachute in and you start to get into the real heavy schedule at the back end of the season, it becomes an absolute nightmare to try and keep your squad balanced. So for me, if if we don't finish top four, we're nearly better off finishing eighth and missing Europe because I don't want to be in that Conference League nonsense either. I, I understand the sentiment. I think basically if you get into Europa, they just it has to be sacrificed. Basically, it has to. Well, be. the only, yeah, the only, the only, the only good thing about the Europa is that the 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 prize at the end of it, if you win it, you know, but yeah, that's it. So yeah, I agree with everything Dave said. Okay, so let's talk about uh, the positions that I would like filled um, in the squad. So, I mean, what can I say? There's just one really. That's the main one. There's a couple more, but. Midfield, please. Uh, blatantly obvious, but the midfield and lots of midfielders. I just want midfielders. Bring me midfielders, David. But we also, before we go to midfielders, we also want, um, I'm thinking of a young forward, or a forward, and um, uh, a cheap young defender that's um, looking really good. Maybe can spend a year on loan somewhere, um, in, even if at the club that they're, they're at, and join... Uh, the season after, that's a young centre-back because obviously you're looking at Joe Gomez, Matip, you're looking to move, start moving players on soon. Um, if we can if we can have them straight away, great, but I think a young defender to start, you know, taking over because I think that's the bit where succession planning and all those things hasn't been happening. We need to start to thinking about players that are young, that are, you know, have got great potential, maybe can spend a year where they are and then join us a year after and, and bolster us and get those de- deals done earlier, which I don't think has been done at the moment. So, uh, yeah, so that's that's plenty of midfielders. Let's see how much we can afford. Uh, and then uh, a forward and a, uh, a forward's optional, maybe, dependent on price. But then a young defender, I would really like just looking ahead to what's going to come at centre-back. Dave, let's go with midfielders first, though. As right, the, so... Yeah. We play a three-man midfield, generally. Jürgen has obviously tinkered a bit this season, but we spoke when we arranged to do this podcast and we agreed that we'd look at sticking with the 4-3-3 and going with a three-man midfield. And all three of our midfield roles have quite unique profiles. The right-sided role is more of an attacking role. The six is a holding role. And the other eight, the left-sided role, is a more defensive controlling role. Now, when... Ginny Wijnaldum played it. He controlled things by slowing the game or speeding the game up, depending on transition. He sat in next to Fabinho and formed a double pivot and allowed Henderson to bomb forward. Or he, when it was the 
Thiago, Fabinho, Ginny midfield, Thiago would play kind of in the half space. And it just depends on whether we want a a Ginny or a Thiago in that left-sided role. And much of that depends on who plays the right-sided role. So we all know that the club are desperate to sign Jude Bellingham. And we're not going to talk about him today because he's not going to be available until the summer. So it's about finding the right balance to go with him. Now, my, my view on it is that right now, at this moment, we need three midfielders because Milner's well past his best, Thiago's injury-prone, Fabinho's injury-prone and, and possibly declining. Keita is injury-prone and leaving in the summer. Oxlade-Chamberlain is injury-prone and leaving in the summer. Milner is old and leaving in the summer. Henderson is injury-prone and declined. And Curtis Jones has never shown us that he is capable of being consistently good enough to play in our team. So I would say we need three, potentially four, moving forward for the longer term to have a strong midfield group. But if Jude is going to be one of them come summer, there's probably not going to be enough money to buy three others and have the all-round midfield you'd like, which would be, say, Jude, three others, three others, plus Thiago, plus Fabinho, plus Henderson, and then figure out what to do with Curtis. You know what I want to do. Send him out on loan. Um, so let's look at the individual positions first. So the first one I think to look at is the Elliot. Yeah, Harvey Elliott is, is playing in midfield, but... In the same way that Jürgen could stick feathers up his backside and it wouldn't make him a chicken, playing Harvey in midfield won't make him a midfielder. And he is an absolute liability off the ball. Defensively, we are a shambles when Harvey plays the right side of a three. Part of that is Fabinho's decline. Part of that is Thiago's not the most mobile of players. But it's also just that Elliot is a bit of a headless chicken in that role right now. Now, in two to three years, maybe. Now he's better as a winger. His better performances have come playing right side of a four. So I wouldn't be in favour of counting Harvey as a midfield player, but we can. Let's look at the left-sided role first, though, because it is the one that's had the issue. Thiago's injuries, Keita's injuries, not replacing Wijnaldum. We've allowed that position to become a little bit of of an issue for us. So I've got four players who I think could play that role to a very high level, three of whom would play it more similar to Ginny, and one would be a link between Ginny and Thiago. So the one I think is kind of in between Ginny and Thiago is Ishmael Benasser of AC Milan. Now, he's 25 years of age. He's out of contract in 2024. Good defensively, very good on the ball. Former Arsenal player, was at Arsenal for a couple of years, not long enough to classify as a homegrown player, unfortunately, but has proven himself at AC Milan to be one of the better midfielders in Syria, has played in the Champions League, he's an experienced international. The knock on him is he's injury prone. And that will be a concern for me because of all the other injury prone players that we have in our squad. Moving to players that I think are more Ginny-esque, Eunice Musa, United States international, 
former Arsenal Academy player, spent seven years at Arsenal, will classify as a homegrown player when he turns 21 years of age. In the interim, doesn't need to be registered in the squad as part of the 25 because he's an under-21 player. He's been outstanding for Valencia this season. He had a good season last season, a promising year the year before, but this season, under Gattuso, he has been outstanding. Defensively, I think he profiles very, very similar to Ginny. Does all the same type of things. Tracks runners really well, blocks off passing lanes. He's got great timing in his challenges. Doesn't make a ton of challenges because he's very measured in what he does. Very thoughtful player, quite an intelligent player. You don't see him jump out for attempted interceptions and leave big holes in behind him. He's a powerful player. He's got great control of his body, very physical. Like Ginny, he's the type of player you can give the ball to under pressure and he can hold people off, relieve some pressure, slow the game a little bit. But he can also flick the switch the way Ginny could and up the tempo and beat a couple of people with his dribbling. He's one of the better young central midfield dribblers in European football. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. The knock on him I would have is that he's quite rudimentary in his passing. But so was Ginny. Simon would continually update us on how many more touches our goalkeeper would have than Ginny. Ginny's job was off-ball. Moose's best work comes off-ball. It doesn't show up in the stat sheet. He's not going to blow you away with numbers. But if you've watched him for Valencia or you watched him for the USA, the amount of ground he covers, the amount of intelligent things he does, the amount of defensive help he gives his six, while also always being available to receive a pass, I think he's a very, very intelligent player. Now, there's some discussion over whether he has a buyout clause that's in the 20 millions or a buyout clause that's in the 80 millions. I don't know. We can't find real legitimate sourcing on either. So the price is, is going to be down to Mo. Next up is Quadio Kone, goes by Manu. Really dynamic box-to-box midfielder, powerful runner, good ball carrier, a good passer, better passer than Musa, but not not anything like a Thiago-level passer. Likes to be involved in the game, can be a little bit rash, can be a little bit headstrong at times, but he shows incredible promise as a ball-winning midfielder, and he takes up really smart positions off the ball as well, so I really like him. There's no real negative with him, other than the fact that he can be a little bit undisciplined. But at 21, I'm not really expecting much more. And then there's the most expensive player on this list is Moises Caicedo. Now, this kid has been a phenomenon since coming into the Premier League. He's got 
26 Premier League appearances under his belt. Brighton's one loss record with him in the team is outstanding. He does, sorry, he's got 22 Premier League appearances. He makes all the right decisions on and off the ball. He rarely commits fouls. He's a great athlete. He's got pace that you don't expect. He's very similar to Ginny defensively. He's similar enough to Ginny on the ball, but has a bit more about him in terms of he's happy to put his foot on the ball and pick a pass and things like that. The only knock is you have to deal with Brighton, and they're a tough negotiator. So that's not my job. That's down to other people. I think he's the best player on this list, but I would also suggest that he could also be the number six that you want to replace Fabinho. So you bring him in to initially play the left side Do we side know if role. he's played there before, Dave? Yes, he has played there before for both Bearshot and Independiente, and he okay. plays there for Ecuador when they play a three-man midfield. He has also played in a double pivot, so he's more than capable to do that. Uh, it's a role he's going to be really comfortable with, really comfortable in. And at his age, he's just turned 21. He can be whatever you want him to be long-term for, as, a, as a defensive midfielder, whether it's a defensive box-to-box type or a sitting midfielder. He will excel at either. This kid is really, really special. Wow. Okay. Um, we're gonna we're gonna do this roll roll at a time, yeah? Because otherwise, it's too many, isn't it, Dave? Let's do it like that. So, um, let's do the analytics first, Darth. Sure. So, um. One thing I've done this time is that um, from from the analytics department, one of the biggest concerns we've got is the, um, the physical decline um, of our players to sprint and as much as the opposition in games and also high-speed runs as well as total distance may be less important. But specifically, um, losing the sprinting and losing the high-speed running is, is a major concern because... You know, previously every other season under Klopp, we've been in the top two in the Premier League for for those two particular categories. Um, and one thing we, we're adding to the list this year, which we haven't really had previously, Gags, is the notion of a player's engine and his speed. Because um, one thing we we need is we need runners. We need we need more energy. We need more. We need we need more we need more runners. We need more athletes. athletes and yeah. as, Bob, as a very very wise Liverpool ex-manager once said, you need eight people, eight players to carry a piano, and three players to play it. And what we need is people who can carry a fucking piano. We need we need, <laughs> we need at least we need at least two of these players, in, in our opinion. Yeah. <clears throat> um. And so we've we've got this uh, uh, as a now we haven't been able to get physical data. I've looked long and hard. Um, try to source some data on this. We don't have it for every single player on our list, but we do have it for quite a few of them. And um, the other thing we're looking at is players' physiques as well, because we do have some small players at the moment, and I think we need to get a little bit cute on not buying too many more small players as well. So um, I know it's a bit mean on Benacer, um, um but one of the things that is immediately a turn-off on Benacer is, 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 is his size, yeah. 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 Um, I mean, he's got he's got a few nice pieces. He, to be honest, do you know what, one of the things about Cabanasera is that when you look at uh, 
his most comparable player on the stats wise. It's a it's a player who's actually in the Thiago role, which is Kakare. Um, um, so yeah, Benacer is a, you know it, it's like a left footed version or the opposite wrong footed version of him. Um, so yeah, obviously he's 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 a passer um, and, and and a decent creator. So yeah, he's probably he's probably last on the list of these ones. Dave got the Musa profile spot on. Um, there's nothing on the on ball numbers that really shows up with Musa. Um, he, on the other hand, based on his physical data, he, he's, he's got a good size. He's five ten. He's only twenty, so he hasn't stopped growing either. Um, but he is covering um, a lot of ground at the World Cup. He's in the top ten players for average distance per match, and also he's also performs well on on the sprints and the high intensity. Um, all three aspects. The only person who really outperforms. Musa in all three categories is is, is Tyler Adams, um, who's his international captain at um, the US. Um, now, the other thing we got from Sai Brundish was that basically you don't get in the Liverpool team if your top speed is less than 32 kilometres an hour. Every single player we have, except you know, obviously Milner's now declined below that and a couple of the others have as well. You don't get in the Liverpool team. You, you basically want more players who are around 32 kilometres an hour plus top speed. Plus, you know, and as obviously the higher the better. And all the other players on the list uh, have a top speed over 32, which is good. Um, let's look at them all in, individually. Um, Musa, say he, he's got an excellent engine, really good. And um, one of the things about Jude Bellingham, by the way, is he looks like one of those rare players who can carry the piano and play it simultaneously, which is quite a rare feat, really, because he's, he's you've met me, Gags. You know what I'm like in my physical size. Uh, Jude, I'm the same size as Jude. Jude Bellingham is the same height as me. Um, I'd wow. like to say I'd like to say I was the same weight as Jude as well, but that's not, <laughs> that, that would be a lie. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so um, Jude, you know what I'm saying is his physique is excellent because he's got that he's got these, he's got the height as well. Plus he's got the engine. Plus he's got the speed. Moose has got nearly got the physique. Uh, he's got an excellent engine and a good top speed. His shooting and scoring is non-existent, but potentially we don't need that. The only really concern on Musa on the data-wise, on the ball, is his passing. His pass on-the-ball passing numbers looks poor, objectively poor. Um, however, on the on the plus side, his dribbling, it looks pretty phenomenal. Um, you know, he's one of the best dribblers, you know, in, all, you know, in terms of what he does and what, how many he does and how many he completes. Um, uh, in all of Europe, but, but there's a few others on, on our lists who are also top, top, top dribblers, which is always a nice thing, isn't it, Gags? Because we always talk about the ability of being able to beat a man, you know, especially against low block teams. Yeah, drives yeah. the points, you know, the, <laughs> yeah. dribblers, the dribblers bring the points. Yeah, Kone is really interesting. He 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 looks like such an all-rounder. He's, I say he's only 21. He's, he's got a good engine. He's got good physique as well. Slightly bigger than me. He's six foot Kone already. He's only 21. Um, and he's got good top speed as well. He's got better better shooting and scoring than Musa, better passing. Um, he's got good um, good off ball defending as well. A decent good one to one, good one v one defending. Excellent dribbles as well for Kone. One you may perhaps might be unexpected, um, but yeah, that was one of the rare Bundesliga Bundesliga matches I watched this season. Actually, interestingly enough, was Gladbach against Dortmund and. Um, Kone had a particularly good game yeah. directly against Jude Bellingham. I don't know, Dave, did you see that one? I did. He was the be- Kone was the best player on the pitch. Belling- Bellingham came in in great form, and Kone just monstered him. Just absolutely yeah. monstered him. Physically, yeah. Yeah. Mm. 
So that's a good sign there with Kone. Uh, and Caicedo, um, yeah, this, again, lo- lots of good data. Very similar to Kone um, in terms of the overall profile. Um, potentially doesn't cover as much distance as, as, as Kone and Musa, um, but, you know, he's, he hasn't actually played that many games compared to the two in, in terms of his overall minutes. Good speed. Excellent 1v1 defending. The best 1v1 defender um, of uh, on, on this list in terms of how often he basically wins direct duels against his opponents going at him. Very important, I think, for a player in his position. Off-ball defending is good. Uh, he's not a dribbler, unlike the others, uh, but he does have the best aerial uh, profile out of, the, of all these players. So very, very... Three, I think, Caicedo and Kone are the two real standouts, but Musa... Um, again, looks looks decent as well. Moose would be the kind of the project one that you you don't buy him as a starter. Like let's let's say we go Caicedo, Kone, and and Jude comes in to play the right sided role. Musa is someone I think that you buy as a project to develop in that left sided role, who can also you know potentially fill in elsewhere, maybe even in the right sided role in some games when you want to protect the lead or be a bit more solid or whatever. Um, but yeah, Kone and Caicedo are, are definitely the two most polished athletes in the group. Benesser, like Dan is exactly right. He is small. He's he's 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, he's strong and he makes a lot of tackles and he's, he's very active defensively. But we are looking to get more athletic. Like our midfield is, is old and slow. Like Thiago is old and slow. Fab is slow. Henderson has slowed. He used to be very quick, but he has slowed. Milner has always been fairly slow. It would be nice to get more athletes in with Jude in the summer and go back to playing in midfield like we, we had when we were winning things, or winning the, the big things, which was, you know, we're going to just overrun you in midfield. If, if we have to do that, we will just do that. We will overrun you and overpower you in midfield. And there's nothing you can do about it because we've got a team of bullies. Yeah. Um, the way I would say with Musa, my, my, my thing is, if, if if we can't get Bellingham, if it does if it doesn't work out, then I think you buy Musa because he's got all the energy and the engine of Jude, without the on ball the quality. So you're still getting the piano carrier side of things. But again, it depends on what that. I've heard mixed things on his buyout clause. You know, so I heard so I saw something on Twitter today said some potentially eighty million euros, which is just nuts. You don't yeah, pay that for. No, nobody's paying that for him. Nobody. For a twenty million, twenty twenty year old kid. Um, uh, interestingly, on um, the most similar profiles for Kone, his most similar is Caicedo, um, which is interesting. And but Caicedo's most similar is Oriol Romeo. So I'm not quite sure how that works, but there you go. Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL Roundtable, they're every week after the Premier League match week. 
So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. Let's get some valuations then. Mo? Okay, so um, interesting in that uh, you know, none, none of these plays would come cheap. However, there are disparities in terms of potential wages. And when it comes to these types of matters, you know, it's not just about uh, the transfer fee itself. It's also factoring in uh, wages, uh, agent fees, etc. So if we start with Yunus Musa, um, he is a player who um, has... A, contract that expires in 2026 um so it's still got a number of years to go however um his representation agency wise is pretty small so agents costs wouldn't be all that great and his wages at the moment are probably no more than 10k per week um i value him at 25 million pounds um obviously uh, some of his exposure in, in the world cup would have helped with that um if we then turn to um Benacer, now, it's interesting with him in that um, AC Milan have been working very hard to extend his deal and to significantly increase his wages. And, you know, they've been working on a deal to ex- increase his wages and obviously extend the contract. And the wages would increase to around um, 60000 plus per week. Um, so if, if we had to try and gazump that deal and tempt him away from extending um, and doing a deal with Milan, we'd have to be looking at paying comfortably over that, you know, 70,000, a week. Um, but nonetheless, um, he's a player who is in the prime uh, in terms of age. So he's at 25 years of age. And I value him, given his contract expires in June 24, at £35 million. Uh, Manu Kone um, is, is another player like Musa who... Uh, currently won't be on uh, big wages, so I estimate it's probably 10,000 a week at most. Um, his valuation is at 35 million pounds. He does have um, slightly more interest across Europe um, compared to Musa, so that that's why he warrants that slightly higher uh, valuation. And then we come to Caicedo, and obviously, huge amount of talk about him um, this season, and. Um, he is a player, though, interestingly, whose wages of all of the four players is um, going to be the least of all of them. And that's because when he signed for Brighton, um, he was an unknown uh, from Ecuador. And, uh, you know, he hasn't um, signed any new contracts since then. So his wages will be less than £5,000 a week. So even though, uh, and I'll come on to the transfer fee in a moment, even though the transfer fee may be um, a fair bit higher than the other players, it's very possible for us to pay um, a moderate uh, wage to the player um, compared to somebody like a Banasser who might warrant you know, 70000 80000 a week. But with Caicedo, his valuation is, is £65 million. Um, he's a player who, uh, a year ago, that valuation would be a fraction of that, but obviously um, a, a good run of form over even this, a period of two, three months, and especially in a league like the Premier League, can increase the valuation significantly. And we've seen that with Caicedo. And don't forget, as Dave touched on earlier, uh, Brighton um, have become absolute um, masters at uh, negotiating 
great deals. Cucurella we saw um, in the summer was sold for uh, a fee well in excess of probably what he's worth, uh, which Chelsea were happy to pay when they gazumped Man City. And that was a fee of, I think, around 60 million or perhaps just slightly below that. So, you know, we can't expect Brighton to sell for any less than that for a player that has a, a greater reputation. So 65 million is the valuation for him. Okay, so decisions to make. Um, I'd like to hear your recommendations first, though. Each of you, who would you recommend? It just quick, like it, it doesn't have to be lengthy. Just maybe the player's name, Dave. Who would you want? To I, have? I of the four, I would go Caicedo. He knows the league. He's proven in the league. He's the easiest fit. Like with any of the others, you're going to have to tweak them ever so slightly. Whereas Caicedo comes in is day one starter on the left side of midfield if you want that him that to be his position you could shift Thiago to the right until Jude arrives and go Thiago Fabinho Caicedo and you're in business straight away Kone would take a little bit more work but he would probably be my second choice so we are assuming Jude is arriving as well <laughs> there's there's You've already got him, um, you've taken him to Blackpool, haven't you, Gex? <laughs> Bring him to Alton Towers next weekend. Uh, yeah, well, wouldn't the budget be halved if we're going to assume that, though? Yeah. yeah. So, well, let's hold that, hold that. Let's hold that to when we're deciding at so the what, end. Okay. Can, you, can, can we just summarise what the valuations were from, from just quickly? I'll, I'll go through it. 65 Caicedo, 35 million Kone, 35 million Benesse, and 25 million Musa. Okay. With a so, question mark. They, so Darth, from the analytics, who would you go for? This is a this is a committee after all, so we all get to push one name. And yeah. Then, yeah. I mean, I think obviously I think Casido could be a better player. Um but if if he's twice the twice the valuation of Kone, he's not twice as good a player. So yeah, it's a question if you need to cut your cloth, if there needs to be a value judgment, then Kone. If it's if if the money you've got the money, then maybe Casido is the one. But I don't know which one of you guys is going to have to go and negotiate with uh, Tony Bloom. <laughs> he's a man who eats who eats other men for breakfast. That's someone else's job. Look, I'm the manager. Mo, <laughs> um, so, uh, who would you recommend? Would you want to save money, or would you want to go and splash the cash? Well, um, I'm afraid that being the money guy, I'll have to go with uh, the cheaper option. And uh, <laughs> This is so good. <laughs> so I, I, I would have to go for Kone. I think that he's a player that's certainly impressed um, in the Bundesliga. Um, his wages would be low. And, um, you know, the fee is significantly below that of Caicedo. And as we've all talked about, uh, talked about earlier, um, you know, we, we have a big... Um, commitment um, in the summer in one Jude Bellingham, and that deal will not come cheap at all. So we've got to buy that. You own your money, though. Well, yes. Um. <laughs> we have we have some assumptions to make at the end of the when we choose. So we so basically what we're saying is we've got two votes for uh, Kone, one for Caicedo. Now, obviously, we all desperately want Caicedo, right? Like he's just. Like Dave's mentioned, he's fitting. He's going to fit in the team, fit in the league. He's already played really well against 
you know, all the other clubs that, you know, we'd be going against too. And um, it just just sounds like a perfect fit. Now, the other side of the the coin is we, we just don't know what's happening with the sale. You know, it's nothing's guaranteed. No one's heard for sure when the sale will be. So from our point at this point in time, it's we don't know who the people are going to be, whether they're going to have a lot of money or not. There's a, there's a whole load of unanswered questions there. And as a committee, we probably, sh- we, 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 you know, as custodians, um, should make the right decision for the club right now, rather than assuming what's going to happen. Um, I agree, so, guys. I think we have to do what with the money that we know we've got now, and the potential money that we might have in the summer. Yeah, you know, and, the, if plan, wanna, and, the, and if we want to, and if we want to, if we want to bring yeah. that forward and spend it now, then that's you know. Yeah, and in the summer, mm-hmm. when we know more and we know who, if we, we we've been taken over, then it's balls out, right? Then it's like fuck this shit, we're going for it. Then we can, then then that's when we change tact. And I think it's too early to change the tact. Um, so with that in mind. I think it's it's definitely Kone that's probably most realistic just because we have so many other players that we want, that we want to go for or, or, or talk about, you know. So, okay, we'll put that down, slash Caicedo, depending on what's going to happen. But we have another, we have a, a second of, the, <laughs> I'm not sure if we're really going to get through all the players <laughs> today, but yes, let's do the second set. Okay, so these are more natural number sixes. These are holding midfielders to come in, learn behind Fabinho and whatever else. Um, So the first one on my list is Kefren Turam of Nice, 21-year-old, 6'4", big rangy ball winner. Decent on the ball, not tremendous, but won't make any massive mistakes. He's coming off a season where he did get four goals. Um, plenty of room for development, plenty of room to to turn him into whatever you want. There's no real negative about him. He's got plenty of experience now in the French League. He's played for the French under-21s. I think he's he's got a lot of potential and a lot of a lot of the right things that we want. Um, Danilo is next from Palmeiras in Brazil. Very experienced young player who's played a key role in a team that has been the best team in South America for three years. He's won two Copa Libertadores, in which he was a key player. Uh, he won the Brazilian League this year. that Their league has just finished. Um, he's added goals to his game incrementally each season. He does normally play in a two. And he might be a better fit on the left, but his primary position is as a defensive midfielder. I, I really like watching him play. I think he's a good player on the ball as well. So, um, yeah, Daniel from, from Palmieri's. Obviously, the, the knock there is he, he doesn't have experience in Europe. But he has been playing in a good league. The Brazilian league is actually very good. And it's a European snobbish thing where we look at France and say, oh, well, that's the fifth best league in the world. The Brazilian league is every bit as good as the French league and has every bit as much talent. And he's playing in the South American equivalent of the Champions League, and he's won it twice and gotten to a semi-final in the third year. So he's definitely someone I think that's worthy of consideration. Uh, Manuel Ugart of Sporting, really aggressive ball winner, 
good on the ball, but keeps things nice and simple. He's the least experienced in terms of top level action of these of the three I've mentioned so far. Um, but he has gone from strength to strength over the last couple of years at Sporting. He's become a very trusted disciple of Sporting's manager, who is someone that I've mentioned before for a Klopp replacement, uh, Ruben Amram. Last season, he was in, in a squad with both Paulinha, who we've seen come to the league and be great with Fulham, and Matthias Nunes, who's been very good. Well, he was very good for Wolves till they started messing about playing, playing him as a number 10, which is a nonsense. And he was keeping one of them out of the team quite often. He was getting starts over one or the other quite often, and not just rotation starts. He was playing frequently and keeping them out of the team. So I think he's someone with a high a high enough level already and someone with plenty of potential. The next one is, I think, potentially the most talented, most most potential to become truly great of everybody we're going to talk about today. But he's probably maybe the most difficult to get, and that's Romeo Lavia of Southampton. Came through the Andelect Academy. Man City stole him from there. Spent two years at City. Joined Southampton in the summer. He has very little Premier League experience. I think he's played seven games. But at 18 years of age, he's not just holding his own in the Premier League. He is thriving in the Premier League. He is outperforming players far older with far more experience. He's good on the ball. He can express himself with his passing. Happy to take the ball under pressure. It's decent pace. Progressive player. Really, really smart defensively, which you just never see in an 18-year-old. You just don't see 18-year-olds who are good enough to play as a number six in the Premier League in a midfield three. And this kid mastered it already. And he is going to go from strength to strength. He's already, this season, one of the better holding midfielders in the league. And he's only played seven games. So he would be tricky to get, but he might be one to park for the summer if Southampton go down. The City do have a buyback clause, but a buyback clause is no use if the player doesn't want to go back there. And City have passed up on buyback clauses that they've put in other players' contracts when they've left previously. Remember, City did go out and buy Calvin Phillips in the summer. So they don't have any real need to buy him back unless they were doing it just to be spiteful, in which case it would be on the player. And the fifth player I'd throw in here, and we've already mentioned him, and it's just because he could play this position either, is Caicedo. But focus on these four and go from there. Okay, Darth. Over to you. Yes. So, right, Lavia, we are not going to give an opinion on because it's a pure scouting decision because we haven't, there's not enough data on this kid to, uh, you know, in outside of um, Club Academy fixtures to make an opinion on um, data-wise. So it's be a pure scouting decision and, um, uh, 100% Dave on that one. On the other guys, um, um, just for information, I also, Dave, I know he wasn't strictly making the shortlist. I just, I also added Chua Gomez as well on Flamengo to yes. just so, so, so we could put into the comparison. 
because uh, I think he was quite close to making you cut. He was, yeah. He was like the last name cut. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just going to put the, um, the 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 full comparison link into the live show chat now, so everybody can see it. Um, I've done one of these, so everybody can share them. Um, but yeah, so um, Ugarte, um, he taking on taking on board all the onboard stats. Um, he looks like the best all round option. Him and Turam. Um, Ugarte definitely has the physique here as well. Um, he's he's six foot, uh, seventy three kilos as well, which is good. Twenty one year old. Um, he 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 is the best passer on this list, according on the data wise, especially on his short passing, and um, which I guess is what you want. You want to, you want that safe passer from the from the from the deepest position, um, and his off ball defending, which is basically his his tackles, interceptions, blocks, recoveries, interceptions, everything apart from his duels, basically very good as well. Um, the only he, he doesn't contribute in attack at all, like Cosido, but that is his only. Everything else is passable with 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 Ugarte. Kefren Churam is is an absolute beast. He's nine. He's, he's six foot four and eighty two kilos, and he's twenty one. That's phenomenal. So I don't know how we get him out of um, what's his name, Mister Brexit, down there in um, down in there. Jim in Ratcliffe. East. Jim Ratcliffe. Yeah. So I don't know what they're like. It was Dave Brailsford, isn't he? He's director of football, I think. Yeah. I mean, but maybe, maybe we could offer him, offer them a British guy in return, like Alex Oxley Chamberlain, a washed-up British guy. They love them. Oh, love yeah, them. That, I could well pass their best British, English plan. Would it, would British have, jobs for British workers, Dave. That's it. As long and if they have an, a, a track record of a lot of injuries, yeah. they're rubbing their hands together. Like so, Aaron yeah. Ramsey, Ross Barkley, and Alex Oxley Chamberlain. That is that is a Brexiteers midfield dream. Yeah. I'm sure Ox's wife would like South of France. Oh yeah. Anyway, so anyway, can two ramp one foot four guys eighty two kilos. Woof! That is that that's a monster. Um, he's be- he's the best in terms of the shooting and scoring side, which is a bonus on this list. Um, good passer. Um, um, poor creator and uh, poor creator, which maybe again is not so important. Good one. Good one v one. Good on the dribbles um, there. Oh, by the way, I should have said on Ugarte, he was the bo- he was the best aerially of this sample as well. Uh, Danilo, um, I mean, Dave, Dave likes him. Dave watches a lot of Palmeiras. Um, the data doesn't really give us any standouts for him at all. Um, he's okay on the profile. Um, according to one, one worry is he, he's a lot slighter than the other sixes on this list. He's mm. he's only five nine. Um, so Lavia, Ugarte, and, and especially Turan would be, be would be more of a, a Fabinho successor in terms of stature. Um, but yeah, his standouts there. He, he's definitely he, he's the most. Uh, again, he's got good shooting and, and, and scoring options from that sixth position, and his one to one one v one defending is good. Uh, he, he's quite a quite quite a poor aerial win rate, even in. Uh, even in South America. Um, so, again, maybe that's another potential concern there. And Joao Gomez, just for comparison, um, quite similar to Danilo, to be honest. Um, same height, a um, little bit heavier. Um, he's, his best feature is his general off-ball work in terms of his defending, which which which, good, which they're the kind of things that you think could translate to playing in a heavy metal style. But um, worryingly, his actual 1v1 defending is poor. He, he goes for a lot of... 
he goes for a lot and he gets dribbled past a lot, which is potentially a little bit too um gambles maybe a bit too much, Dave. Yeah, he's a horrible habit of jumping out for an interception. Um, not making you know, it. And not making it and leaving a space <clears throat> behind him. I, I think him him and Danilo, when I look at them, I think more left-sided eight for us than six. Mm. In part, as you mentioned, they're both short. Like, Danilo's 5'9", Gomez is about 5'8 and a half. Now, Gomez carries himself like he's the best player in the world. If you watch him as he receives the ball, and and he, he reminds you of Thiago in the swagger he has about himself until he tries to pass the ball, and then the Thiago comparisons just aren't yeah. there. <laughs> but, but I do think, like, as eights, they could be very good in, in how we play, but not as, yeah, not as sixes. But, yeah, I just put Danilo on because I really like Danilo. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. more than so, it. And it, it was a coin toss with him and him and Joe Gomez. Um, Joao Gomez is a most similar player is Gaston Jimenez, the Uruguayan fella, um, which I thought was in. Um, most interesting of all on the next um, most likelies are um, Kefren Churam, Zambo Anguisa. That's I thought that was very interesting when that one popped up. Uh, and Lavia, despite his limited minutes, his profile in his most similar is Yves Busuma. Again, yeah. not, a, not, not, not necessarily a bad thing. But yeah, what did you think? Kefren Turam and Zambo Anguisa. That's an interesting one. That is interesting, especially considering the, you know, the size disparity between them. Kefren Turam, I, I, I think, like, the size is just so appealing to get a big, and he covers ground really well, to get a big rangy player in there. Mm. And he's got those gadget legs. Like, he, he's kind of, he mm. reminds me of a better version of Steven and Zonzi. Oh. That sort of gadgety kind of legs, <laughs> but very, very active and, and things yeah. like that. Like a, a better version of him, but physical sort of build, he's quite Enzonzi-ish. There you go, Gax. That's from very me. nice, very nice, Mo. Let's get you in. Okay, so uh, valuations-wise, not much fluctuation. Um, so if we start with Danio. Um, he is a player whose contract ends in December of 26, so four years from now, um, only 21. Um, he is represented by the agency Bertolucci, um, who are um, one of the bigger agencies representing uh, primarily Brazilian players. Um, and uh, his valuation is £20 million. Pounds. Um, Turam is valued at the same, £20 million as well. Um, though he has currently no representation, so agents fees-wise um, wouldn't be uh, clearly as expensive. And uh, wages-wise as well, um, w- would be able to come in at a reasonable uh, initial uh, weekly wage. Ugart um, is uh, a player that is also valued at £20 million. Um, he's represented uh, by one George Mendes, who has no fewer than three clients with us at the moment. So in terms of getting a deal done um, through um, his representative, uh, that shouldn't be a problem at all. And then uh, finally, uh, Lavia is um, the player that's valued the most of the four at um, £25 million. Um, He is represented, however, by Elite, um, who are one of the more uh, up-and-coming agencies, and they already have the likes of Bakayo Saka, and Jaden Sancho on their books. Um, so th- there is a chance that uh, they might be um, 
you know a, a bit of a premium involved in getting the deal done um, if if they are in the mix um, but uh, 25 million versus 20 million for the other three uh, so valuations wise not much of a difference recommendations then please dave which one Turan's size is very appealing, but I, I think Ugart's the best player of the three, and I'm all in favour of signing all the Uruguayan bastards and just building a team of bastards, really. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, it's a compelling uh, argument, to be fair, Gax. <laughs> big, big, mean bastards. That's everyone, what we want. Yeah, everyone's sent off. As Dan As said, everyone... you, 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 don't, you need... You need Lads that will carry a piano, and this fella won't carry the piano. What he'll do is he'll go out and he'll bully other people into carrying the piano for him. It'd be like we have fourteen lads on the pitch. <laughs> He's, he he doesn't take nonsense. He doesn't take yeah. nonsense at all. <laughs> how, can I just ask a question on on Chiramer? If he's not represented, how does that work? Is he represented it, by well, he's, by his parents then? Or what, his, what? his dad? Yeah, I think his dad is currently handling uh, his his career for him. I think his dad is handling Marcus as well, the brother who we'll talk about later. Marcus was, I want to say, with Mino, but then obviously Mino passed away and he moved to a company called Sport Cover, where he's sort of one of the main uh, attractions to be had. They're not an agency I'm familiar with, but they do have a couple of good players, Seiko Fafana, Michi Batshuayi, Sophie and Bufal. So, uh, They've got they've got a decent stable of players, but I think I think Lillian Turam is handling Kefren's uh, career at the moment for him. Okay. One of the other things uh, also is um, the homegrown player issue because you know we are at the moment uh, featuring sixteen non-homegrown players, and uh, we are allowed a maximum of seventeen. And um, one of the appealing things about Lavia is the fact that, um, correct me if I'm wrong, Dave, but um, he, he would meet that rule because um, I think he has played, um, well, at the point at which he reaches obviously 21, mm. uh, he, he would have played um, three seasons or more um, for um, English clubs. Yeah, I mean, look, Lavia is the one, if I could pick, Lavia is definitely the one I would want because I, I just think the upside with him is... Is outrageous. I think if you're if you're looking at someone that could become the very best in the in the game at their position, I do think it's him. And the fact that he doesn't count against the quota either way for the next three years is is a big feature. It's an appealing feature. Now, it might mean you have to overpay to get him in January, but he's certainly for me the type of player I'd overpay for. Well, see, would you? Have to get him in January. You could get him next year. I mean, wait like, till the summer. summer. He's yeah, one yeah. you could wait for till the summer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you if things go down, then yeah, it yeah. might make things easier. And obviously, we'll we'll probably we'll be opening up a few of the uh, non-homegrown spots in the summer. Um, we know Nabby's going to leave. It looks like Bobby might leave. And there's one or two others within the squad who could do the same. Um, I think Adrian is, is a likely candidate to go. And maybe Costas leaves if, if, if a good offer comes in. Maybe Joel Matip leaves if an offer comes in. 
So, you know, we, we can rejig there for certain. I could say, Mo, sorry, who did you say? Um, I I um, feel that uh, Lavia is is the one that I would go for, just purely because um, of um, the compelling argument put forward by Dave in terms of his upside, um, but also the valuation. Uh, you know, would it be much different? Only a matter of five million, no. and Wagner certainly um, for an eighteen-year-old wouldn't be high at all uh, to begin with. And Darth, you agreed with Dave Ugarte? Yeah, would well, I'd have. No problem at all with Ugarte or Turam. Um, we can't. Really well, said we can't give an opinion on them. Um, we can't give an opinion on Lavia. There's not enough data. Hmm. We don't have to decide now. No, but you know, well, but, well, see, see, the thing with me is right. This, okay, we'll come back to 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 this section. But the next set of players. Now, before we do this, I'm just thinking about time in mind as well. We need to decide. This is the point to decide. Because it's Jude or one of these, in my in yes, my book. I agree. Yeah. I agree. And like the thing is, if you go Jude, you just re-sign Tiago or extend Tiago on maybe a two-year deal. Yeah, yeah. And exactly. minimize how much he plays, and and I think you you don't need to buy these players are are players I tagged as Tiago replacements, and just to give the listeners a run through of who they are, Alexis McAllister obviously at Brighton. Everybody's aware of who he is and how good he is, and he's been outstanding this year playing in a double pivot with with Caicedo. Uh, Maxence Kakare of Lyon, very, very similar player to Thiago. I've been calling him Thiago Regen for a couple of years. Enzo Lafie is having a standout season with Laurent, and they're having a very good season. Um, he's He can do a bit of everything. Now, he is very small, is the, the bit. Now, so is Kakare. They're they're small and light, whereas at least with Alexis, he's short, but he's stocky. And then there's Enzo Fernandez, And if it were me, I would sign him over Jude. If the price was the same, I would sign him over Jude. When the price is going to be Enzo at 75 to 80 million or Jude at 110 million, I think it becomes a no-brainer. But as we know... The analytics department has been marginalized by the coaching department and they are obsessed with Jude. So that means these players are probably, it's probably irrelevant putting them forward. Yes, I I completely agree. I think that Jude is the one that the, you know, the management team is, is now obsessed about. It's the project for the next 10 years. Dan, we 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 um we stole some of our analysts and and recruitment people off Manchester City. Could you get in touch with them and tell them to tell City to you know up the bid for Jude and and steal him away so that we can just take Enzo Fernandez yeah, I instead? And I, I, I know I know they kept the back doors open on their systems and we carried on losing our logins after we left. But I, even that loophole was closed eventually, unfortunately. That's a shame. That's a shame. Here here's the question: How does Jude, if you were buying from an analytical point? Yeah, would 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 you go to a hundred and ten million pounds of the of the king's currency for yeah. Jude Bellingham? Yeah. Um, Before you say that, I actually think it's going to be around that with add-ons, though. I don't think it'll be. 
I think people are inflating it massively because once. So what are you thinking? Like ninety plus add-ons or ninety-five plus add-ons? I'm, I'm no, I'm thinking like eighty-five plus 80, eighty-five million pounds. Yeah, yeah, 80, yeah. 85 million pounds plus add-ons. I think um, there's a pot of money that hasn't been spent, and I think that's literally earmarked for a player that we're already knew we were getting. And and and, and personally, um, I think if the player makes a decision, the price just plummets. Plummets. Like if the player says it's only one team I'm going to. And the way that he's hanging out with just two Liverpool players at the moment, only two players, and like this, everybody else is in the squad too, but he's he's sticking with two players. Um, is, is he sticking with them, or are oh, they they're sticking still, with him? They're but, sticking with him. But, but David has to be mutual, right? You can't I keep someone out. Of, I don't, you know. I don't know. Jordan Henderson seems like the type of fellow who'd be quite um, persistent. <laughs> you might tell him to go away. You might just not listen. To be to honest, you. he's speaking very highly of. The, the guy as well and, and, yeah. and you, know, you know and that shows you that the kid I mean he's 19 um, and he's got such a level head on him Jude he, he kind of knows what he wants you know it's it's very hard to actually move to Germany when you're that young as well and then make a make a, a living of it or at least is there is there know. a reason to be concerned that he got started as a senior pro so early at 16 playing a full season of the championship I think this is, is this year three at Dortmund? I think I'm almost certain it is. That's why I think getting him now is the key because you get the flexes. But that's the thing. Is there a concern that he gets to 25, 26? And like other players that started really early, like a Rooney, like an Owen, like a Fowler, like a Rashford, like a Deli Ali, who played all that football so, so young, that when they hit 25, 26, and you're rubbing your hands together thinking, they're just entering their prime years. All of a sudden, they drop off. But this is, is that a concern with Jude? I think it is a bit of a concern for me. It may but, be, but if he's built his if he's built his career up to that point and he's that young, there will be always a Madrid that will take the risk. Always, true, true. you know. And and for a, at such an age, you get a premium as well. You get it back easily, Dave. You know, you get it back easily, especially if the Super League's around by then. <laughs> <laughs> and you wait for it completely in the mud, but um, <laughs> which is everybody's hope, by the way, because UEFA uh, and FIFA suck. Um, but yeah, between the four of us, we need to just you so know. Gags, um, yeah. So right, Bellingham. Um, I tried to try and rate. I picked. Tried to group about ten different categories in preparation for this, and um, Jude is objectively excellent in three of the categories I've done, which is his physique, his engine, uh, and his dribbling ability is absolutely sensational, right? Mm. He, 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 the only thing he's ob- objectively poor at is his aerials, right? But if he's, like, the sixth best header in the team, does it matter? You know, no, it doesn't. Um, his speed is excellent. It's, good, it's always good. His shooting scoring is good. His creation is good. Um, and his and then his, his his passing and his off ball defending and his one v one defending are all okay compared to other midfielders. Right, Enzo Fernandez. Right, actually, before we go on to Enzo Fernandez, right, um, there's actually two players I would say that we're actually going to put a veto on uh, in this list. First of all, is Enzo Lafie. Right, yeah, he's tiny. Yeah, he's actually smaller than Harvey Elliott. Gags. <laughs> <coughs> so, and he's lighter than Harvey as well. Yeah, yeah. Right okay. now, he, he is. He is. He, they, they, Said. He, he, he's basically he's a dribbling creator machine for Lorient. But I, whether that translates to Premier League, you know, it might be like going back to Hans Uso under Brendan, you know? 
Mm. Anyway, that tiny, tiny thing. Uh, and the other one I'm going to put a veto on is it might surprise is Alexis McAllister. Uh, because I don't think he stacks up physically. Um, his top speed is only 31k, and as for a 25 year old or 23 year old, it's it's not great. It, it's like the Declan. That would be one number one thing we put against Declan Rice as well. Is is the mobility um, side of things? Um, if you others about Declan Rice, if you want. <laughs> <laughs> well, as an Irish man, you'd be well placed to, to discuss that. Yeah, excellent. Um, but um, uh, Alexis McAllister, no, because yeah, his engine looks suspect in terms of the distance covered, and his top speed is mediocre. Um, and his his biggest strengths profile more of as a ten than a six or an eight um, statistically. Um, so the only ones on the list that would make the cut from the analytics would be Kakare and um, and Enzo. And Kakare, yeah, I mean, we were you know like we st- we were really solid on Casido, Kone, and Musa, and then also Ugarte and Turam and Lavi and, and not Lavia though, but not even Kakare would be a bit of a mm from us gags. Um, so let's let's discuss Enzo Fernandez. Um, good good physique. He's twenty one years old. Uh, he's five ten. Uh, and he's 78 kilos, so he's not a, a slip of a lad. He's, he's, he's got enough to him. He's stocky, um, so his physique is good. His top speed in the World Cup this year is 32.3, so he crosses that threshold for us as well. So he's not he's not rapid, but he's not he, he's not slow either. Um, he's where where we where we have to be really careful is where he's played his football so far. He's Argentina and um, and Portugal. Now, much like we did with. Darwin Nunes and um, oh, the winger. What's our winger's name? Luis Diaz. Luis Diaz. We, you have to pay. You, they do have. There is a Premier League tax to pay when you translate that to other leagues. So you've got to be careful with the headline flashy graphs when it comes to Enzo because um, you know he looks amazing at everything. But um, so what I've actually done, I've actually gone out and and, and said, okay, let, let's just compare what he produced on the pitch in those in those leagues with what Thiago has done in the last two and a half seasons, right? So the same thing. And it's incredible how similar what their out, their output is. Um, so in terms of his total passes attempted, the rate at which he completes them, the progressive distance, the total passing distance, the key passes, the expected assists, the passes into the penalty area, the progress, the number of progressive passes per match, the through balls, the switches, and the shot creating actions, and the open play. Fernandez stands the stands the te- you know the tail of the tape with Thiago in every single one, and if in in most of them he's slightly ahead, and he's only twenty one. Mm. So it's 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 what he's doing is is pretty remarkable, and even if you say there is a tax to pay, um, for paying in Argentina and 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 then and then Portugal. You can also offset that by saying, "Yeah, he's only twenty-one. He's been doing this while not even fully developed." Hey, he's a kid. He's yeah. a kid. He's got hundred games see, under his belt. As everything well. you're saying there whets the appetite, right? But yeah. what I would say is that the new ownership, when they come in, and if that's in the next five months, that's the number one for summer priority. You understand where I'm going? Mm. Because right now it's about this January, right? And I think it looks like it's a given that we're going for but Jude, right? It just think, looks like they even want him in Jan. Like, it might even happen in Jan. And then because they, Dortmund just don't want a player at their club that doesn't want to be there. Simple. 
Now, the other thing that's making me think here now is that, what was our budget? 150. Right. So, if we did get Kaiseido, because, just say if we did get Kaiseido and Jude, how much is left, Mo? Uh, Well, we're all out of money then. (laughs) But, I mean, this is all on the basis that that's the money that's available now, uh, and largely that's because of the money that was unspent in the summer. Um, whereas yeah. when we get to next summer, then we, we've got more money available. And I'm working on the basis that Bellingham was to come in in the summer rather than in January. I honestly think it's going to surprise a few, but it might just happen. It might just happen early because I don't think they want to keep someone who's going to be gone, who's, who's just looking away. They've got their own Champions League games. They might want to spend the money in January themselves. But point is, I think as a balance, they fit the team better. I, I just as a pair, I think it's a dream pair to buy. That's my view. As in, if you slip, slot them two into this Liverpool side, right now, I think we get top four easy. You still, you still have an issue then at your number six position. You, you could play Enzo as the six, like he has played it before. He's played it for Argentina in this World Cup. He's played it for Benfica, and he's played it for for um, for uh, Gymnasta. He didn't so much play it. But you uh, think you said Caicedo could try as well? Caicedo could play, yeah. So, like, I've just been looking at it monetarily. I don't, I don't see us being able to get Jude and Enzo. Because I think we, I, I think we will try and buy Caicedo with the money that's there from when we tried to sign Chuameni. Because look, the plan was, as we know, Chuameni and Jude, which mm-hmm. means that there's money there for two big money midfielders. Yep. Or, so that's exactly what is, I'm. That's why I'm thinking it. Exactly. So my view is the Caicedo, like Caicedo, as the Chuameni alternative, that defensive player. And then the other one is that more on-ball option, which is Jude or it's Enzo. I I don't see us going and buying Jude and Enzo unless there's a change in ownership and a lot more money becomes available. Exactly, and I and I'm we're all hoping that's the case, and that's why I think we park the Enzo till the next transfer committee where we know more. Mm. But I'm so tempted, guys to end the show here with Caicedo and Jude. I'm so tempted. I just, I just don't think Jude's an option for January gags. I really don't. I think it might be an option to do the deal and announce that he's coming in the summer. But either way, that's that's it then. Because it's still... That's no the money done. It doesn't help us though. Yeah, yeah you got to get... That's, yeah. If we do that, that's the most... More, if we announce in January... We've signed Jude Bellingham. He's arriving in the summer. We've written, a se- we've written that, off the season, haven't we? We're written off the season and we're, and we're missing top four. We're missing top four. Like, if it wasn't for Alison Becker right now, we'd be cuddling Everton outside that's the bottom the, that's three. The realistic, that's the realistic thing that's going to happen, though, right? Our midfield is washed. Washed. Yeah, to be honest, great, we, but... we'd be taking a leaf out of American sports where they have a down year just to make good draft picks. You know? Yeah. Except, this, except we won't get a draft. Yeah. Now maybe John Henry thinks he too. Maybe he's maybe he's gotten a bit confused in his old age. Yeah, he's gonna we go need, up to we need players yeah. now. We need no, two I, midfielders now. I agree, but I just can't see us getting two midfielders and a green juice. Okay, so, so hang on. This, this is our right. 
we don't have to do what the club's going to do. This is our shot. This is this is a fantasy show. This is our. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan. I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac, and Android TV. Or Go a step further, like I have, and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes, and games consoles. Visit LibertyShield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Yeah, I know. Follow I would Liverpool like to... reality. Yeah, but I would like to follow as as much as possible. Mm. Yeah, as but the realistic thing is that we signed Jude in the summer. But Jude the in January is a pipe dream. The realistic thing is what's going to happen. They're going to sign Jude Bellingham and Cody Gakpo and blow all the budget on those two. And then it doesn't really solve many of the under, underlying problems. No, it doesn't solve So, you know, but that, what we got to do is we got to say, well, okay. we, th- we, we think the club aren't doing it as well as they well, used mate, to. Well, I'm, I'm not agreeing to Gapco, I'll tell you that. Now Linda's wants him. Anyway, we'll move. <laughs> like, the, the thing I'm is, as well, we have to remember is that this, this squad has been badly managed for the last couple of years in terms of the age profile. I agree. It's been allowed to get far too old and it's created far too many holes for FSG to fix in one summer, which is part of why they want out because they, they know how much it's going to cost to fix this squad. Now, like Klopp has sentimentally held on to players for far too long. He's overruled the sport, the former sporting director on player contracts, which is a big part of why that sporting director left. And we haven't, we haven't had enough money to spend. We haven't injected enough money. Like, one or two extra signings over the last three years. And I'm not talking about a Jude Bellingham. I'm talking about a, a Quadio Cone and Enzo Fernandez when he was going in the summer for 18 million. Uh, you know, a, a Caicedo when he was 5 million. Like those type of ri- like risk signings could have made so much more of a difference. And they are players that the analytics department of this club have put forward. Okay. You know what? Let's do this. Let's talk forwards only now. That's what okay. we're cutting it down. We're cutting the list down. We do, the defence is going to have we, to We move. can come back and make a decision on the midfield. We've got, I think, four or five that we've said. Yeah, yeah. There's, maybe loads, there's loads of players. We, we can push Enzo and Jude to the summer and just forget about them for now. Let's look at the forward okay. players. We didn't get the valuation on Fernandes, actually. I, I was 75 million. Mo. Mo has seventy five. I'd imagine seventy five and add ons because his buyout's like one hundred and ten. But the World Cup tax is going to be massive on him. Yeah, so that's why you leave yeah, him yeah. this summer. So oh, Mo, oh, yes. just quickly, oh, just quickly give the, those valuations because we didn't come to you for those four. Yeah, sure. Okay, so um, in terms of those valuations, I've got uh, McAllister at thirty five, uh, Kakare at twenty, 
Lafitte at 15, and then Enzo at 75. Though you know, as Dave was alluding to, the uh, the, the the buyout fee, uh, the buyout clause is 120 million euros, which is mm. just over 100 million pounds. Though I do think that uh, Benfica would be willing to negotiate if uh, an offer close to that buyout fee um, was proposed by um, a potential suitor. So, yeah, I, th- I think 75 million. But with each passing game in the World Cup, that valuation only seems to increase. So what might be 75 million this week, maybe 85 million next week. That's fair. That's fair. Considering okay. Argentina looked like they had no hope in the World Cup, put him in and all of a sudden looked like a contender. Okay. <clears throat> Well, you know what, Dave? Let's um, we'll keep the defenders for next year as well. Just looking at money, I just if we're going to get two midfielders, and looks like we might end up getting a forward as well. Let's um, let's talk forwards. Okay, well, I'll just I'll just quickly give my defender list so everybody's aware of who I suggested. So Zeno Debas yeah. is one at Anderlecht, nineteen-year-old, really, really promising. Um, another Belgian, Noah Mbamba at Club Bruges, hugely promising, hugely, hugely promising. Only 17, turns 18 in January. Just two to keep an eye on um, as Belgium rebuild. Those two might well become big stars for them. Uh, Giorgio Scalvini, who's at Atalanta, he's established himself as first choice this season and played quite a bit last season as well. Big, big centre-back, 6'4", dominant. Would be the type at, at 18, turns 19, I think on Monday, um, who you could bring in as a long-term Virgil successor, perhaps. And Ilya Zarbani, who's just a player I like. He's at Dinamo Kiev, 6'2", 20 years of age, aggressive, front-footed defender. He's just another one to, to keep an eye on. Anyway, nice. on to the Fords. This is a bit of a... Because we're looking at bargains, because we're looking at, say, a, a, a fifth or sixth Ford here, you know, if if we think... Mo, Darwin, Diaz as the starters, plus Jota as the fourth. And then this guy might be the fifth or sixth, depending on what happens with Bobby, depending on what happens with Carvalho and his development, Kate Gordon, his development, etc., etc. So um, the first on the list I've got is Cody Gakpo, largely because he is being linked in the press. I'm not the biggest Gakpo fan, I have to say. He's, He's a good player and he's having... A tremendous year. He had a great year last year as well. He reminds me of a less talented Marcus Rashford. He's best off the left wing, cutting inside. He's very quick. He's a good dribbler. He can play off the right. He can play through the middle, but it's not It's not as good. He's had a decent World Cup in terms of goals, but his performances have been a bit up and down. He's a good player, but I think he's getting an awful lot of hype, and there's a lot of clubs interested, and I think his price is going to go too high. I also think the Linders' comments have been taken out of context, because that conversation Linders was having was, by all accounts, about the national team. So when he said he's the missing link, I believe Linders was talking about the Dutch national team rather than for us, but neither here nor there. Cody Gakpo is the first player I have on the list. Um, Next up, I have Facundo Torres, young Uruguayan winger, 22, plays for Orlando City. He's unique in that he's a left-footed left-winger, which you don't see a whole lot of anymore in this age where every young winger is just allowed to play on the opposite flank so that they can forget about, you know, the things wingers are meant to do, beating their man and providing crosses to their forward players. 
This lad is really good 1v1, really good cross for the ball. He's not been with Orlando a whole lot of time, about a year maybe. Um, he's had 40, 13 goals and 40 appearances for them this season. I know it's a big step from the MLS to the Premier League, so he, he's he's more of a flyer than anything else. He like If you were signing Bobby up for another year or two, I'd like him as a backup to Diaz on the left, Jota kind of as the main Mo backup and Mo's not there, but also as the Darwin backup and then Bobby just sort of around the place to, to fill minutes. Um I like yeah, I just I like Torres. I enjoy watching him play. I think he's I think he's got a good upside. Marcus Turam, brother of Kefren, like his brother, an absolute unit. Huge. Plays left side or through the middle, quick direct, a little bit limited technically, but knows how to score goals, is currently having the best goal-scoring season of his career after a bad year last year, but Gladbach were awful last year, so I wouldn't put too much of that on him. Um, He's just a consistently good player, and I think there's, there's some value in him because he's out of contract in the summer, so the value will be low. He's probably going to be looking for decent enough wages, but I wonder if Gladbach are open to to doing a cheap deal in January. You could even do the thing where you sign him to a pre-contract and then go to them and say, look, we'll take him now for seven, eight million, whatever. And then the last one on the list is is I we've been doing this for years and I genuinely never thought I'd put this fella on one of my lists. But Wilf Zaha has really grown on me over the last 18 months since Vieira turned up at Crystal Palace. I think he's developed as an all-round player. I think he's now much more of a team player than he used to be. He is older. He is 30. But can play all across the front line. Scores goals. Creates goals. Works his ass off every single game. He really has improved as a player in the last 18 months, which doesn't normally happen when players are 28, 29. But he has improved quite a lot as an all-round player, as a team player. And I think a big part is having the likes of Eze and Elise and others that take the pressure off him so he doesn't do everything by himself. But he is capable of doing everything by himself, which we've also seen at Palace. But he's having a tremendous season. He's also at a contract in the summer. He has talked about wanting to move to one of the bigger teams in England. And I think if you had him and Diaz as your left-sided options, and he can also play central or on the right, you could let Bobby go. Homegrown, obviously, so it does help, but his, his age counts against him. And I know a lot of people aren't overly keen. Big wave to Sam Maguire. Okay, Darth. Yes, so where to start with these? Right, okay. So the first thing that we did was we saw the shortlist, which included Cody Gakpo. So we added Christopher Nkunku, um, because the current prices, there is virtually a cigarette paper between the two, um, which is quite frankly absurd. If you're going to spend that much money on Cody Gakpo, um, you buy yeah. Christopher Nkunku, is, who is an objectively a better player. in mm. you know, Plus, you don't have to worry about the uh, Eredivisie tax. Um, problem with Gakpo is, 
Right, first of all, he has got a really good physique. He's he, he, he's he's big and strong as well for for a creative player, um, and and he's got the pace as well, Gag. So he would he would fit nicely in into the front line with enough pace. Um, however, his his off ball work is extremely suspect in terms of he looks like he could he play head. I don't right. First of all. I don't know if we play heavy metal anymore. I don't know if we can play heavy metal. But say if we ever wanted to go back to playing heavy metal, I'm not sure whether Cody Gakpo could play in a heavy metal band. Um, maybe he could. Who knows? But I, I um, don't think he could off the ball. I, I yeah. don't think you get enough out of him off yeah. the ball. So, um, and the other thing is, is that of all the leagues in Europe to statistically profile, the era divisi is probably the hardest of, the, of them all. I, there's a, there's various um, uh, analytical studies by our data science colleagues, Gags, that you know you try to quantify where the leagues sit, and it's usually round about the same as the English Championship, um, which isn't a great endorsement of that league, I'm afraid. Um, so for every one thing I also did on the comparison, which I've shared in the live show chat, is I put in a, a player who. Backed up very similar numbers to Cody Gakpo in the, in the era division about five years ago, and he was on our shortlist for this committee pod, and that was Herving Lozano. And I think Lozano was on our shortlist twice. We never went for him, but he was on the shortlist because his numbers were good. And um, Gakpo's numbers in for BSV are slightly better than um, um, than um, Lozano's were for PSV. But Dave, it's fair to say that Lozano hasn't really translated that PSV form into Napoli. He's been been a bit of a slow burn hasn't it really for, for Napoli yeah it has I mean his his off ball work for Napoli is important it's one of the reasons he gets in the team his second season at Napoli was really good he got 15 goals I think but the other seasons it's been you know five and six mm. and I think this season he's got four so maybe he's on track for about eight to ten mm. but no he hasn't translated it well to um to Syria at all yeah. And another good one recently we were linked with him last summer, I think, was Daniel Malin, and he's been a bit of a disappointment as well since moving out of the era divisi as well, right? Yeah, he's been a disaster for for Borussia Dortmund. Yeah. So yeah, it's really hard the era divisi at Gags. So at that price, he's still well clear, I'm afraid. Um, Will Saha, um, thirty years old, is on about three. He's on 140k a week at Palace. Um, yeah, well, um, I can't. This would be um, uh, the opposite of a money ball signing, in our view. It does some things to like about his game um, in terms of the numbers, but not enough, I don't think, to, to do it. Um, Christopher, uh, sorry, Christopher Nkuku is on the list because he he is just pretty much great at everything. He's one of those few players who look at their statistical profiles and um, you think, wow. There's basically nothing he's not good at for a forward. Um, do you know who his most pro- most similar profile is? Uh, most similar player is on his profile, Gags. It... Does anybody know? It used to be Bobby, didn't it? No, it's Kylian Mbappe. Really? <laughs> what? Do you believe in Bundesliga attacks, though? <laughs> yeah, there is a Bundesliga tax. Yeah, but because... yeah, but, yeah, Bundesliga, tax, but it's less than the. Premier League, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and definitely less than the era divisi tax, yeah. But 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 gags, Marcus Turam. Oh, this 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 is a this is old school. This is this is a Liverpool twenty seventeen eighteen target. This this is outstanding profile. Um, just right in you know we you know how we like 
really, really, really fast players, right? You know, Darwin Nunes is the fastest speed in the Premier League this season, 36.6 kilometres an hour. Mo Salah had the joint most, joint highest top speed in the Premier League last year, 36.5 kilometres an hour. It was a Dharma Triora the year before, same as 36.5. Marcus Turam in the Bundesliga was clocked 35.7 kilometres an hour, as well as being six foot three and 78 kilos. And as Dave said, you know, his most similar profile is Victor Asimian of Napoli, who is an absolute monster as well. Plus, so he's got the speed, he's got the engine, he's got the physique, he's got the shooting and the scoring. His off-ball work is okay. He's not. He doesn't look like he's a passenger there, and his dribbling is good. For his contract situation, guys, this is a must-sign player. Yeah. I'd love to see a picture of their mother, the Turan brothers, because Lillian was only six foot, and he wasn't a, like a big unit. Mm. But the two boys are massive. They're mm. just giants, like. Mm. Yeah. Okay, should we do? Um, should we just get the brothers in? No, okay. Yeah. Um, why no, not? Do... I mean, why not? Just that being incentive for the boat to join. I would go. I would go for the brothers and Caicedo. Is what I yeah. would do. That's what I was thinking. But let me just get the valuations from Mo first before we decide and, and close the call. But uh, Mo, what's the what's the numbers on these guys? Okay, so let's start with uh, Cody Gakpo. Um, his valuation because of his stats um, has gone up. Man United have been sniffing around him, and so obviously when they do around a player, then that that results in the valuation going up as well. Um, but we're, we're looking at around fifty million. I think that's what PSV would be looking to sell him for. Whether he's worth that, obviously we'll, we'll come on to in a moment. Um, Marcus Turam, um, his contract, as was touched upon, um, comes to an end in June twenty twenty three. Um, so only six months left, um, and th- therefore um, he should be available at a snip, uh, relatively speaking. I value him, therefore, at £15 million. Obviously, if he had two or three years on his contract, uh, that valuation would be significantly more. His uh, wages, though, are around 50000 a week. Um, so clearly he you know, is a player who's 25 years of age, established, uh, proven, he would be looking at um, 80,000 plus, I would imagine, um, in terms of weekly wage to start off with. Gagpo, um, probably similar, even though obviously his wages at PSV would be obviously a fraction of that right now. Um, if you come, come on to, uh, come on to uh, Facundo Torres, um, so I value him at £10 million, pounds, uh, which would still nonetheless be a record fee uh, for Orlando. His contract expires in uh, December of twenty five. And Wolf Saha is an interesting one. Um, his contract expires in June of 23 as well. So, again, only six months left. Um, and I value him at uh, 15 million. However, um, the owners or, or the part owners of uh, Crystal Palace obviously are sniffing around Liverpool Football Club. So, you know, if they think that they're in with a shout of taking over at Liverpool, they might. <laughs> Do a bit of a, a, a swift one and, you know, sell Zaha for a snip. But nonetheless, I, I value him at 15 million, just like I do with uh, Marcus Turan. Can we just highlight how ridiculous the Gakbo thing is? Though? Like in the summer, he was linked to Southampton and Leeds and the price was in and around 25 million. And then United got interested and the price went from 25 to 45 because United are a very stupid football club. And somehow now, that price is even higher, and it 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 
he's just he's not a fifty million pound footballer. He just isn't a fifty million pound footballer. I only include him because he's been talked about so much. Like Dan is right. If you can get Christopher Nkunku for sixty million, which it looks like is what Chelsea are going to pay, why on earth would you be looking at Cody Gakpo? And also, if you're looking at Christopher Nkunku, why would you be looking at Gakpo anyway? He's just not nearly yeah. as good a player. Yeah, I think I think Taram's the 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 pick here. I think we're mm. until we know who's buying us. The only thing um, I would say uh, on on Turam is that does he play in the, basically the same role as Darwin Nunes? Is it probably, no. can you have him in the same squad of players as Darwin Nunes and Diaz so. and Diogo Jota? I think so. I think he does need to focus Darwin as a nine and stop this mess and playing him left wing because it's not doing him any favors. You're going to end up with you're going to end up with another Divock Origi if you do that. Because that's what happened to Divock. He was a nine who continually got played left wing and he got stuck in between them. The same thing happened to Danny Welbeck years ago. I think that stops though, Dave, as soon as Diaz is back, mate. I hope so. Yeah. I well, think- I think I think Turan can play either side or through the middle. He's so he's like just your utility forward. Like 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 Jota. Yes. Yeah, yeah, except, yeah. More di- except more direct. More yeah, direct than less we, we don't know what's going to happen with Jota. This many injuries now, back to back. It's going to be like a year before we've since we've seen him play, uh, you know, a considerable amount of, amount of football. Well, as long so, as you think we could have him in the squad, which yeah. you have him in the squad, you know, like what Absolutely. I mean. So he's not like versatility is amazing, dude. That's what Klopp loves as well. Mm. So mm. personally, I think I think I'm going with the the Caicedo plus Turan brothers, you know, as the as the three players. I just want to know your your thoughts on that between the three of you. Let's go around the table, Mo. What's that going to cost us as well? And I think well, Taram, the, the 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 forward, is going to be cheaper than twenty because of because of the fifteen he was, I think. Mo said, "Yeah, yeah." So fifteen for him, um, twenty million for his brother. Um, and if we are going away from uh, Manu Kone and onto Kaiseido instead, um, then between the three of them, uh, we are looking at exactly a hundred million pounds. So sixty-five for Kaiseido, um, twenty million. Kefram and fifteen for Marcus. Yeah, I think that's. I think we've actually saved money. I think that's 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 that's, that's probably the right move for now. We'll, does we'll that get us for the summer? Does <laughs> that get does, does that get us top four, Dave? Sorry, Darth, I'll come to you. I, I think, think so. it does. Yeah, I think Caicedo immediately improves the midfield. Turam gives you the option of having a more aggressive, more physical midfield in certain games. Kefren, that is. And Marcus gives us another option up front with real power, real pace, an option in behind, an option to go long to if need be. There'll be games where we might need a goal and we could go 4-4-2 and play Turam and Darwin as a two with Diaz on the other wing and just have Trent spamming crosses in and those three attacking the ball. And you, you can't you, have enough. You can't have enough. <laughs> you, you've got to have options to do all different things, and and our squad got too old, too slow, and too small. Yeah. And these, the two Ram brothers, by themselves, make us very, very big. And you add Jude in the summer, and what is he? Six yeah. two, big, powerful player. And, yeah. And all of a sudden, you look a lot better. And then you know you can you can look at it like Jude is one of the midfield three, 
And the other two positions are Fabinho, Thiago and Caicedo. When Fabinho plays, Caicedo plays left. When Thiago plays, Caicedo plays the six. And you've still got the other options that are at the club as well. And I, I do like that, you know, having a, a pair of brothers, you know, a couple of brothers at the club. I, I just like that. I think it'd so be just, uh, just to fill up on the contingency planning as well. I think um, just to, for, for the realism side, because I always like to think, you know, we try to make it as realistic as possible. Is that you know if Tony Bloom eats Mo for dinner in his negotiations, which is possible, <laughs> um, that, that, that um, we we go for Kone, and I think that's a more I think that's also a very good player, a, mm. a very good signing. Yeah, it's a, and, it's a, it's a and, and if something happens with Jude Bellamy and doesn't get it across the line, you basically say, okay, well we go for uh, for for Yunus Musa, and then there's yeah. a contingency back up there. Uh, and then maybe if the Jew thing falls through, then you basically double down on um, and you try and get Enzo Fernandez for the same yeah. similar kind of price. If Jude fell through, I'd be looking to turn around and get Enzo and Musa. Hmm. And you know it'll cost a little bit more, obviously, but yeah, you can, you can never have too many good rangy right. athletes in your squad, and, and Musa is worth getting in my view. But yeah, I think Enzo. If Jude falls through, you go Enzo. Yeah, but you, all of you, a sudden you've added legs to your, to your squad, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, with two round for sure, and Casido, and Kone, and what uh, Casido wore Kone, and then and 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 and, and Kefren, yeah, mm. yeah, the two. So, who, which, which two uh, non-homegrown players do we then drop from the twenty-five man squad? Naby Keita, because he's leaving. Yeah. Is it is it is it, is it a Dortmund actually interested in Naby Keita? Oh, it doesn't matter. Someone's taken him this, right. uh, this January, I think. Yeah, I somewhere. I wouldn't be against like you, you could offer him to to if you wanted to get uh, say Kone and and Marcus Turam, you could say to Gladbach like, would you have an interest in Naby Keita? Mm. Because Naby, I think, will be happy just to go back to the Bundesliga. I don't think he's going to be. You know, demanding that he go to Bayern Munich, for example. No, no. And if no. you're not at Bayern, it's you're all. If you're not at Bayern Munich and you play in the Bundesliga, you're playing for a move to somewhere else. At no matter what club you're at, whether it's Dortmund or Gladbach or Leipzig or Stuttgart or Schalke or whoever, at any other club other than Bayern, you're putting yourself in the shop window. But Naby would be one to move on, and I think the other one to move on is Adrian because we've got Kelleher. I'm sure we can recall one of the young goalkeepers like Pitaluga. We've also got young Harvey Davies, who's apparently quite highly rated. Would we really miss Adrian? Like, would would anybody miss Adrian at this point? I know he's good in the dressing room, but it's an obvious, it's an obvious one that we could move on if we were bringing in three non-homegrown. He's an obvious one to get rid of. And we've we've also um, effectively made up the decision on the. Uh, Bobby contract because we're signing Marcus Turam. Yeah, we're not we're not offering Bobby a contract, so he leaves in the summer. I I I think we'd be very foolish to offer. I know he's had a hot start to the season, but he had a hot start last season as well. And like, surely we learn from the mistakes, the sentimental mistakes of re-upping players that have had their day. I like think we've we two no, more years of Henderson yeah. to come after this one on a horrible contract. And Bobby's not taking much of a pay cut, if any, and he's on about two hundred grand a week to begin with. Yeah, mm. it's a, it's a, it's a silly move if that happens. And well, we're, 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 we we're are not doing it. A committee of our own committee, and we are not renewing Bobby. Mm. Nope, nope. And people will be upset about that. Sorry Good. about that. 
But we are, um, we are signing, and honest to God, Turam is, 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 is a Liverpool 17-18 signing. Yeah, like Mane signing. Yeah. But cheaper yeah. because of his contract situation. Exactly. But, and if you guarantee if he doesn't come to us, he will absolutely go to an English club and he's probably going to be one of those players that looks like he's going to be born for the Premier League. Yeah. So, we've decided Caicedo, the Turan brothers. Sounds good to me. Everybody happy? Yeah. Mom? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay, let's see what we actually do. <laughs> let's see what we, we, we announced a deal for Jude, and did Paul Joyce tweets out: Liverpool will not be doing any more business with the Chelsea. What, what's actually going to happen is Jude gets announced for the summer, and we sign Cody Gakpo for sixty million oh, euro. All oh, <laughs> the pain. Oh my god! Again, I would, I would be after someone's head. Yeah, yeah. I think our days as a top side would be numbered after that. Yeah, it would be. It would be. We we, we will agree that the transfer committee pod is disbanding. <laughs> Just, it becomes the gags tandem pod. The gags. It's old school. It's going to become old school. We just make it up as we go along. What we do is we do we we get guy to record gags talking for an hour and him to record the three of us, me, myself, Dan, and, and Mo talking for an hour. And we come up with ideas. And gags just completely ignores them <laughs> and just mix the sound together so it looks like he's just talking over us the whole time and not listening to us at all. And we'll get someone, uh, Patrick. Patrick is Dutch, I think. Get Patrick <laughs> y- yapping in the background and gags is here. Cody Gagbo. And Dell, if you suggest Memphis to Pie again, I'm having you banned from Discord. Yeah, We're dirty. not going to sign Memphis to Pie ever. Dirty Dell. Oh, for fuck's sake, dirty Dell. Anyway, right, I just want to say a massive thank you to these guys. They put in all the effort on this show every time we do this. So thank you, Dave, Darth, and Mo. Really appreciate it. Um, If you have any comments on the players that we've picked, and obviously we've debated a little bit here and gone round the houses and made some assumptions. But, um, yeah, please do let us know, whether it's on Twitter or in Discord. And if you haven't joined Discord, where have you been? Anfieldinglist.com forward slash Discord. Come and join us. And if you're a subscriber, you should definitely be there because we've just done this live there as well. Uh, but yeah, it was nice to be back. Uh, a very long pod. But uh, yeah, an, enjo- an enjoyable chat with you guys. And um, hopefully, hopefully, I'll be in another pod very soon. But you'll be hearing from these guys, I'm sure, um, next week. So hopefully Mo's on a money talk soon. But these the other two, yeah, they'll be under pressure. And Dave's daily World Cup pod starting again tomorrow, is it? It hasn't stopped, Gags. We've done every oh, single day. Every day, bloody hell. And we will continue to do every day. Until the cup's done. And then the daily red will return and we'll <laughs> get back into doing games. So basically, and... Dave just pods every day, folks. Every day. Every day. And we're thankful for it. Thank you, Dave. Right. That's it. I need to figure out how to uh, shut off the recording because literally it's been so long since I've done it. But here please, we go. Please tell me it's recorded, Gex. It has, <laughs> I couldn't it has. take it. If it it has two hours, two hours recorded. Right. Good. Thank you so much again, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening, folks. Up the Reds. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. 
The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.